0: hello
1: hello
0: he's oliver she's lucy
1: and you're listening to anyway movies
0: the podcast of film fanatics and movie maniacs
1: the podcast of discussions debates and occasional distractions as we talk about all things cinema
0: if you like what you hear be sure to like our facebook page and follow us on podcasting platforms
1: Big shout out to my sister Molly for creating the logo and images for our podcast. Give her a follow on Instagram at underscore Molly underscore Joanne underscore.
0: Now that's all out of the way, dim the lights, turn the projector on, and let's start the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Anyway Movies.
0: I am genuinely, like, incredibly excited about this one.
1: We say this... Every episode. This one's so different. This one is going to be really interesting. Full of history. Full of fun.
0: As you can see from the title, we'll be talking about three different versions of the Alice in Wonderland story. But if you take a quick look, you'll realise there's about 100 adaptations.
1: There are so many. It is ridiculous how many there are.
0: So we're only going to focus on the three most prominent. The 1903 one, which is the original Alice in Wonderland movie. The 1951, which is the Disney animated and probably the most famous. And the 2010 Tim Burton live action. So with that being said, spoiler warning. And shall we begin? We shall. Alice in Wonderland. 1903 let's
1: go first of all what did you think
0: well my first thought was oh it's a silent movie
1: (laughs) yeah i found it very creepy but comforting
0: it was bizarre but because it's alice in wonderland and that's what you come to expect from alice in wonderland it was fine
1: (laughs) yeah it was just very weird and I think it really fit the story very well and it was very good how they did certain things like making Alice bigger and smaller considering this was 1903 for goodness sake.
0: Yeah they were very creative.
1: Yeah they did it really well and I love the locations even though there was one scene where there were literal cows behind them. I think they were on a farm so that was a little bit of a continuity error right there but I quite liked how it kind of had an independent student movie feel while also yeah. being in the early 1900s.
0: The masks and the costumes were honestly really good.
1: Though I do really enjoy how they just gave up with the Cheshire Cat. They just thought, <sighs> now nah, we're not going to do a costume for Cheshire Cat. We're just going to have a real cat there.
0: They literally just had a real cat edited in to make it look like it was kind of floating in the bushes. (laughs) And Alice was looking at him and waving at him and he was just being a normal cat, just sort of looking around, minding his own business. Like the most authentic Cheshire cat you will ever see.
1: I really don't understand why they didn't just have a person in costume for that where everybody else was dressed in costume. Maybe they thought it was kind of clever. To have an actual cat, but I don't know that 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 bit really made me laugh.
0: The bit that made me really laugh was um the final scene where they basically condensed the entire second half and the ending of the original Lewis Carroll story into about three minutes, and it was just the whole um, Queen section and. It starts with Alice watching all these kids dressed as playing cards walking down a path at, I don't know, a park or something. And it lasted for like five minutes, that whole walking scene alone.
1: And the kids kept looking at the camera. It was kind of like a school play moment where the teachers had dressed them all in Alice Wendell on playing cards and told them to walk across the stage and some of them were waving at their mums. It kind of reminded me of that because the, yeah. all, all of these kids just kept looking at the camera and waving. If this was a proper film made today, that would not go down well at all. But seeing as this was 1903 and wasn't really a massive release, I think, it was just a film that was shot... It was kind of charming. It was quite cute.
0: It was. It, it definitely gave it some, um, well, like you said, it was very, like, primary school play. It just felt very homely and very youthful and cute. And I don't know if that's what they were going for, but if they were, they nailed it. I did think it was funny, though, where <laughs> she's about to get executed and all she does is just sort of, like, puts her hand out, goes, no! And then all of a sudden she wakes up and it's all over.
1: Yeah, the, the ending was rushed, but obviously we have to take into account that some of the footage was damaged, so there were many cuts and stuff that didn't make sense because obviously some of the footage had been damaged off, so we don't really know if that was meant to be how it was played out. But it, it's amazing how well it's preserved over however many years. I mean, 1903, that is like a different world.
0: That's nearly 130 years ago.
1: That is, it's just mental.
0: Oh, it's really morbid, this, but like all those people are dead.
1: <laughs> I know, it, it's very weird to think that, very weird. But
0: well, like there us been... something
1: to talk about. I get, the fact that we're talking about that film today, I bet none of them would have even thought about the fact that their film could be seen in 2021 on youtube by people
0: there are like a, there are many different channels that have uploaded it and all of them have quite a few number of comments and stuff under it so like this original is quite popular among Alice in Wonderland fans
1: it is i can understand why
0: it definitely gave off the right kind of feel it did it was quite pantomimey at times and a bit bonkers and bizarre but you kind of expect that from Alice in Wonderland there was creepiness to it like in the costumes the the white rabbit costume and the March hare costume I'm not gonna lie are quite creepy
1: oh yeah they, they were scary I like
0: those those faces
1: yes staring into my soul
0: but like that's quite a part of that's a part of Alice in Wonderland as well so I think they captured it really well
1: so if we have nothing more to say on that one we shall move on to the 1951 Disney animation
0: I love so much It's it was one of my favorite films growing up and I hadn't seen it in years so watching it this past week for this episode I was just it was a highlight of my week, I won't deny.
1: You see, I didn't grow up with this film. I did watch it when I was little, but I didn't watch it as religiously as Snow White, for example. I think I maybe watched it about three times when I was little. It didn't, it didn't really stick with me as much, but it's one that I've grown to appreciate as I've got older. And it's now my comfort film. It's just one of those films that you can just sit back and just not really have to think about because the entire story does not make sense. It's all a series of really weird things that don't really tie together because it's supposed to be a dream. But, like, obviously in dreams, like, nothing ever ties together. You're one place, one moment, and then another minute you're somewhere else. So it's kind of got that sort of feel to it, which I quite like. And again, you don't have to think about it too much. You can just sort of watch it and just more feel it rather than try to work out what's happening. Because if if you try to work out what's happening, if you try to use logic when watching Alice in Wonderland, you're just not going to enjoy it because (laughs) it it doesn't work that way.
0: It really doesn't. Why? The whole point is it doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, literally at the start of the film, she talks about being in, or things about a world of her own, and the whole point is that everything would be the opposite of what it, you would expect it to be.
1: But, but in a way, this is what makes it such a good kids' film. Because obviously when you're a child, like a very young child, you're not really... Thinking about the plot, you're more looking at the animation, how pretty everything looks and looking at what's happening rather than listening.
0: I was just going to say the creative team and the artists and the animators, they went in on this film.
1: Definitely. like Some of the shots are just amazing. Like, There's so much iconic imagery in this film, like Alice being in the house and growing inside the house. Obviously, the Red Queen and the playing cards, painting the roses red, all of that sort of thing is so memorable.
0: My favourite part of this film, or new favourite part, I should say, because I genuinely didn't think about it at all until I watched it back this week, is how much Alice takes everything in her stride. She follows the white rabbit and she's talking to her cat, Dinah, and she's like, well, we really shouldn't. It's, it's not polite to go to a party you've not been invited to. Falls down a rabbit hole and her immediate reaction is, oh, goodbye, Dinah, goodbye. And she's falling. <laughs> and she's just falling. And then she's talking to herself like, oh, I wonder what happens on the other side of this hole. I wonder if I'll come out on the other side and everyone's walking upside down. And then she says something like, well, after this, I'll think nothing about falling down the stairs. Well, (laughs) and I'm like, she's falling down a rabbit hole that's going on what feels like forever. She's seeing furniture and things floating up and down. Her dress suddenly becomes a parachute, and she's just talking like, well, after this, I can do anything. And then it's like the scene where... um, and she's trying to get through the locked door. She grows big. And then she starts crying because and she doesn't like how big she's become. And then she shrinks, falls in the bottle. And her immediate reaction is, Oh, I do wish I hadn't cried so much like <laughs> such a 180.
1: No, I do really love Alice. I mean, a lot of the criticisms that I've seen of this film is how annoying Alice is. I don't find oh. her annoying at all. She's a child.
0: She's probably one of the strongest female characters of that time, coming out of Disney especially. She's, she, like I said, she takes things in a stride, she tries and figures things out for herself. She's very much her own person, she knows what she likes and she goes for it kind of thing.
1: And she's not afraid to speak her mind as well, I mean she does have a few mini arguments with people all the way through this like the caterpillar and the flowers who are mean to her and you know, just because she's a child she doesn't let them try to
0: tear her her
1: down in a way. She sort of vocalises, no, the way you're treating me is wrong. I'm backing out of this situation. Goodbye.
0: (laughs) And it's like, even when she's in the courtroom at the end and she's being tried to get her head chopped off, she still keeps it quite cool and she immediately goes for the Queen's throat. (laughs) Love it. If you think Alice is annoying, then clearly you must be watching a different film because this Alice is strong. She is quick. She's witty. She's got lots of good advice. I mean, there's but a whole film. She really song...
1: seldom follows it.
0: Exactly. I think
1: <laughs> true. I relate <laughs> to that so much. I think another thing that this film does so well is they create a world that you would want to go to. I don't know about you, but I would love to visit Wonderland oh yeah it's so cool like it's so colorful bright and then there's the woods i really want to go to those woods i mean they may be scary and filled with flowers that call you ugly but you know it's actually amazing how many people came into my mind when watching the flower scene because i know so many people that are exactly like those flowers
0: oh yeah (laughs) I think when I was younger, I remember I never liked the flowers. And I always thought there was something kind of creepy, how they had faces, but it was in the petals. Mm. Like when I was younger, I thought it was kind of creepy. And as I got older, I just genuinely found them incredibly annoying. And like Alice rightly said, if she was bigger, (laughs) she would step on those flowers and they wouldn't know a thing.
1: So what did you think about the fact that this film had child murder in it?
0: Are we talking about the oysters?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) It took me a second then. I was like, what? I was like, what, Alice in Wonderland, are you watching? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's definitely a dark story. Especially because the oysters are animated to look like babies. Yes. And the shell is like the bonnet.
1: Yeah, the design was really cool.
0: Honestly, I think when I was younger it was probably my least favourite part of the whole movie just because it wasn't so much of the child oyster murders. It was as much as I just don't really like the Carpenter and the Walrus song.
1: Yeah, it, it does go on a bit. It, it goes on a bit too long. But it is still very strange that <laughs> I, I I can't believe that I wasn't traumatized by that.
0: I mean, it kind of shows you what kind of world we live in today, Danya because like we were kids watching that kind of thing, and then they probably wouldn't allow that to be shown to a kid these days. And, um,
1: yeah. Uh. even though as kids we literally thought nothing of it. In, in in fact, I very barely remember that scene. When I watched it again for the first time in years, I half forgot it was there,
0: literally. Though, this does bring up a good point. What do you think about how there aren't really any developed characters and they all just sort of pop in and pop out and don't really show up for more than a few minutes at a time?
1: To be I kind of like that. Me too. Because it's, it almost plays as a mini series being played through film, if that Ooh, makes I- any sense.
0: An Alice in Wonderland miniseries, now that could be interesting.
1: Because it's, it's just interesting to see these different characters and the different ways she interacts with them. Every single scene, she talks differently depending on who she's talking to. Like with the caterpillar, because he's elderly and wise, she's very overly cautious about what she says. She's very, she, she almost tries to match him in a sense. Whereas with the Mad Hatter she's just kind of irritated with them both because they keep singing the unbirthday birthday song and moving away for tea and stuff like that yeah, but it, it, it's just the different interactions that she has with all these characters that I quite liked and i was I quite enjoyed the fact that none of them really came to a head at the last scene. they were just fleeting moments of people who you meet such as wife so.
0: It's, it's a good actually it's a good way of teaching kids isn't it that like people come in and out of your life and like it's okay
1: yeah and you and you have different experiences with different people and yeah it is the perfect kids film i think because mm. they won't see it that way when they watch it they'll just think oh this film is colorful and there's nice songs and oh how funny the there's a mad hatter who can talk and has a silly hat. But when you're older and you watch it again through older eyes, like adult eyes, you start thinking, oh, there's actually a point to all of this. And people's points are different. Like yeah. people have unearthed so many hidden messages that they have seen through, oh, and someone the one that may or may not be true or may or may not have been written by Lewis Carroll himself might not be what he was trying to interpret but it's people that have read through things and seen things about it that kind of make sense from an adult's point of view but from a child's point of view they wouldn't know anything of.
0: So go on then what is something that stood out to you is there a point that you picked out that maybe someone else didn't?
1: I mean I don't know about me personally I mean I've, I've only seen it twice recently i mean one of the messages did stick out to me we've just mentioned the i give myself very good advice but i very seldom follow it it's and, and she does that throughout the entire film she helps people out with their problems but then when it comes to her own problems she doesn't really know how to handle them because at the end of the day she's only a child i'm kind of annoyed that i didn't watch this film a lot when i was little because i really feel like it could have helped with how I was at primary school, definitely. And I didn't even realise that that line was in there and it just sort of spoke to me weirdly. And I was like, oh, I do not follow my own advice. I should maybe try to do that.
0: (laughs) The clever thing about that scene is, because obviously at the end of the film, we see that she was asleep, so it was a a dream. But in that scene, obviously, she's crying. She's clearly very distressed and everything starts to disappear. So in my mind, at least when I watched it last, could that have been a point where she was about to wake up? Because you know sometimes you go really deep into a dream, and then you might get super distressed by it, and then you sort of come out of it. Mm. Could that be what was happening in that moment? But then um, she calmed down, and that's why it carried on.
1: Ooh. That is something like, to think about.
0: Or it could have just been a cool transition into the Cheshire Cat. It could be either or.
1: Either or.
0: Do you have a standout character from this film?
1: Honestly, Dinah the Cat, what a legend.
0: (laughs) No one can hold a candle to Dinah.
1: That is the cutest cartoon cat I have ever seen in my life. I want a Dinah.
0: I like a big pink bow. (laughs) Oh, I know.
1: Oh my god, and the way it, it plays with the daisy as well. oh!
0: And when Alice falls on the she she's literally just waving goodbye with a paw.
1: Yeah, Dinah. Come on. Go
0: on. Go on, Dinah.
1: <laughs> what about you?
0: <laughs> I've always liked the Cheshire Cat. I don't know why. Yeah. I find it quite funny that the Cheshire Cat's that one character in the whole place where Alice seems to just sort of go along with him. Like, she's seen some weird things, so she sees a, a cat that appears and disappears. Oh, maybe she's gotten used to things in Wonderland. But then she goes with and meets the Mad Hatter and the March Hare, and she doesn't like them. And she doesn't get on with the Queen. And, like, all these things going on, and she's quite taken aback by it at some point Well then the cat appears again and she's like
1: oh it's the cat! <laughs> maybe, what is it with Alice and cats?
0: Well maybe that was the reason why she was never so taken aback by a disappearing cat was because she had her own cat and she said at the start that Dinah would be able to speak back to her in her own world so maybe this was, because that's one of the very first things she says so that maybe that's why she very much sees a talking cat and goes, cool.
1: I've actually never thought of it that way.
0: I haven't until this exact moment. (laughs) (laughs) Because the cat was kind of like her guide in a sense, because when she was lost, the cat appeared twice.
1: Yeah, yeah. So basically, both of our favourite characters are the same person.
0: In our theory, yeah.
1: (laughs) In the world of our own.
0: <laughs> Lovely.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So now we move on to the 2010 Tim Burton adaptation. What are your thoughts on this one?
0: Controversial, but I really like it.
1: Oh, well, that's good for you. <laughs> Why do you like it?
0: Well, I just appreciate that it was um, it was doing something new but was still keeping quite faithful to the characters in some ways. It was telling a different story because in- instead of the Queen of Hearts, there was the Red Queen and the White Queen. We had the Jabberwocky, So elements of other tellings of Alice in Wonderland it was just nice to get a different perspective on all things, honestly. And I think Tim Burton was a great idea to direct it because his vision for Wonderland makes perfect sense. Visually, I think it's really cool looking. And though the uh, special effects and like the CGI haven't held up as I thought they would have like 11 years down the line, It's still, they don't look bad.
1: Yeah, that, that is one thing that I can say about this film. It did do something different. And at least it wasn't a carbon copy of the 1951 version. Because a lot of the problems I have around live action remakes is that if we're going off The Lion King, it is literally the same film but done with live action. I don't want to see that. I kind of like a twist, like something different, kind of like what Maleficent did. Um, I know you're not a massive fan of Maleficent, but I quite liked it because of how different it was. I liked how different Alice in Wonderland got with Tim Burton, but the only thing that I think is keeping me from liking it fully is the execution of it. I like the idea, But I don't think it was executed in the way I would have liked. I do think it takes itself a little bit too seriously sometimes. I mean, did the Mad Hatter really have to have a backstory? I don't think so. Um, Because (laughs) with the original, it's like I've just said, the original is just, you can just sit back and you don't have to worry about a plot because there is no plot. It is witchery, a little girl going through the motions of a weird dream interacting with different people solving problems getting out of them and learning messages along the way you don't need a massive plot about a prophecy a jabberwocky that you have to battle with swords I I I don't know I don't I don't think that plot point was needed in order for it to still convey the messages it was getting across in the first place
0: yeah I do think I probably would have liked it more if it was essentially a live-action remake of the animated, but did just um, tweak things and deal with different ideas. Similar to how the live-action Aladdin, it was very much the same story, but they had tweaked certain things that yes. made it stood out. Like, we've said this before in other episodes, but the way Princess Jasmine was handled in the live-action was brilliant.
1: Mm, definitely.
0: So, if if it if it was essentially a live action remake but tweaked in a similar way to the live action Aladdin, then I definitely think I would have liked it a lot more. I just have such fond memories of watching it. Like, I genuinely do enjoy this film.
1: Mm. I like how they made Alice older, and I completely yeah. understand why they changed certain aspects of it. And I do like, I, I do agree with you on the visual. The the way that Wonderland looks, as much as I do love the colorfulness of the animation, I think the darkness kind of flows in well with the fact that Alice is now an adult and learning other messages about being an adult and stuff. Obviously, like I've just said, I just didn't like the additional prophecy. Like, why does everything have to have a prophecy all of a sudden? Why? Why do know. we need that? <laughs>
0: Also, it kind of felt like Alice, as a character, had lost her bite. Like, she was still quite a strong-willed person, but the animated Alice was very stubborn in her ways. Again, like we said, some people found it annoying, but, you know, she's a child, and I genuinely really loved her character in the animated film. So I feel like a lot of her personality was lost.
1: Also, we were missing the interactions. In the animation, Alice has different interactions with everybody. She has a different stance every time she meets someone new. With the live action version, I don't know if this is because of her performance or whether it's because of the script. Could be a combination of both. She speaks to every single character in exactly the same way. So we very rarely get to see different sides of her. She's basically one note, which I don't think, you know, compared to the animation, Alice, I don't think that was what they were trying to gauge.
0: Also, I'm surprised at how much of a part the Mad Hatter had like,
1: yeah, because he's not in the animation a lot. P- people tend to think that the Mad Hatter is like, one of the main characters now as someone in the one. He's really not. He's not in it that much.
0: But, like, the only main character is Alice.
1: Yeah. He's the
0: only yeah. one that's in every scene. Though, I must admit, Helena Bonham Carter is the Red Queen and Anne Hathaway is the White Queen. Inspired casting.
1: So inspired. I love their costumes so mm. much.
0: Are you a Red Queen or a White Queen fan?
1: I like both, but I actually prefer the Red Queen in the live action to the animation. I like how they made her small. It kind of reminded me of Lord Farquaad in a way. Yeah. But female. But yeah, I, I love the Red Queen in the live action. She's so funny. and But, but also a very horrible person. It's very strange whereas I think in the animation it is a little bit too pantomimey for me but I think that's because it's a kid's film so you can't really compare the two but yeah I I loved the Red Queen
0: I agree but I did like how they incorporated elements of the Queen of Hearts into her because the Red Queen and the Queen of Hearts are two different characters completely like, they incorporated the colours, obviously red, heart, red queen. The style of, like, the castle and, like, on the walls and stuff and the embellishments, they were shaped in heart. Her, like, second-in-command was the knave of hearts. She still had the deck of card soldiers. Her hair was shaped like a red heart. But she was very much the red
1: queen. The design elements are so good. I think what I'm getting at here is that for me, it was all style and no substance.
0: Yeah, I understand.
1: And, I, I, and there is so much that you can do with the Alice in Wonderland story. like I said before. I completely appreciate the fact that they put a dark twist on it, and I love the fact that they did something different. But I just wish they would have done something different with the something different. <laughs>
0: So, keep the style, keep the queen of hearts.
1: Change everything else. (laughs) And the music's good as well, but it's Danny Elfman, so that goes without saying. True. The whole aura and the mystery, eeriness, brilliant. Love it. It's the perfect Halloween film, I think.
0: I mean, it's Tim Burton.
1: (laughs) It's Tim Burton. It, it, it's so Tim Burton, it's astonishing.
0: I feel like every Tim Burton film is a little bit more Tim Burton than the last one.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> kind of like become a, a parody of himself in a way. But yeah. I don't know. I, I love his directing style. So, I mean, I feel like a style sort of like what Beetlejuice had would kind yeah. of work with the Alice in Wonderland theme. Yeah, I think something with that kind of vibe would have done really well but then you would have people comparing it to Beetlejuice so it swings in roundabouts
0: Very much a double-edged sword, isn't
1: it? Mm Mm-hmm Which like the sword that she uses to defeat the Jabberwocky Why was this a plot point? I do not know But also can we talk about how stupid of a name Jabberwocky is? <laughs> what I mean, I've never uh, read the book. I don't know if the Jabberwocky is a thing in the book, but that does sound like an Alice in Wonderland bad guy a, character.
0: There is a poem. Oh, it's a poem, and the bandersnatch is also in the poem,
1: right? That makes sense because I was gonna say, when, when I first heard the word jabberwocky I was I, I was like that sounds like a dance sounds like a strictly come dancing task this week you'll be dancing the jabberwocky
0: okay so how would that dance go
1: I don't know but I think the dance that the Mad Hatter gives at the end is roughly the thing I was visualising
0: oh my god what is it called is dance the photowacking. What was it? Photowacking.
1: <laughs> These names, love it.
0: <laughs> the Mad Hatter performs the dance of the the dance on Fab Day after Alice played the Jabberwocky.
1: <laughs> that bit was so weird and so Alice in Wonderland. I'm so glad they kept that in. <laughs>
0: I do have to admit, though, there are parts of the dialogue that I do genuinely love about this film.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It kind of comes up a couple of times, but it's very much a thing that comes at the end where she thinks about five impossible things before breakfast. She basically says it about all the things she's seen in Wonderland and the last one. like, I can defeat the Jabberwocky. I have to admit, that was pretty badass. And I also liked probably... One of the most quotable parts of this film when the mad hatter says to Alice, Have I gone mad? and she goes, Yes, you're entirely bonkers, but I'll tell you a secret. All the best people are. So, like, there were moments like that in the dialogue in the script that I genuinely love. I feel like those kind of things would, those kind of things very much fit in with the character of Alice from the animated. So maybe that's why I like them so much because they feel very Alice. Yeah. Like they definitely are a bit more mature. So it makes more sense of them coming from an older Alice. Because the one, the child Alice in the animated one uh, is like trying to stay away from the madness. So she probably wouldn't say it then, but it does feel like a natural progression.
1: So yeah. Yeah. No, like, it is a mixed bag. I mean, I don't really like the film, but I don't mind watching it if it's on the telly. It's it's just sort of one of the ones that I would prefer not to watch. It's not a horrible film. It's by far not the worst live-action Disney film. Yeah, I, th- I think the ideas were better than the film itself. I understand why people like it, though. I definitely understand why you like it.
0: I just think it's a good time.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. So is this your favourite adaptation then?
0: No, it goes to the original animated Disney, it has to.
1: Yeah, same.
0: Watching all three of these adaptations this week, I just fell back in love with it and the animated one is just so good.
1: It feels like a warm blanket.
0: It does. I get what you mean by it being a comfort film, even if even though you didn't really grow up with it, because mm. it's a film that lets your childhood imagination sort of run wild. Even though there's so much going on, it's still very easy to follow because there's only one thing you're following, and that's Alice. So you see mm. what she sees. Yeah. Well, what's your favourite adaptation?
1: The Disney one, it, it has to be... Um... You know, as much as, you know, the, the 1903 one was very, it, it, it was an out-of-world experience. It was an out-of-body experience. It was like I was watching something from a different planet, which I quite enjoyed. I quite enjoyed having that sort of different vibe while watching any film, really. Um, but I think if we're going with what conveys the best story and gets messages across better i think it's the animated one because yeah there's so many messages in it that relate to adults even though it is definitely a kids film it's visually appealing to children but the dialogue is appealing to adults because they'll understand and for a film that isn't really supposed to make sense some of the lessons make absolute perfect sense And I think that's what the book was trying to get across as well. I haven't read the book, but that's what I've heard from people who've read it. So, yeah, it goes with the different interpretations thing. You can look at it in a hundred different ways. And every time I watch it, there's something different that I point out. Yeah, it's just, it's got to be Disney, hasn't it? It's got to be the animated one. It can't not be. And the 1951, it's not bad going.
0: It's really not
1: so that has been our episode we hope you enjoy it have you enjoyed today
0: so much i
1: feel That's... like dora the explorer did you enjoy today
0: swiper no swiping
1: what was your favorite part Mine we did it
0: we did it we did it we did it yay
1: so if you did enjoy this podcast then please feel free to like our facebook page we are also on every single podcasting platform that you can think of including spotify google podcasts breaker pocket casts radio public anchor and we also have a youtube channel
0: let us know what you thought about today's episode and let us know if you've seen the original 1903 alice in wonderland Which one is your favourite out of these three? If there are any other adaptations that you think we should check out or other people should check out, let us know.
1: So with that being said, we'll see you next week.
0: See you next week.